This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Inside the Tunnel, presented by VT Scoop on 247sports.com. Get out of here and get something cold to drink. <laughs> Y'all want to, too, you know it. All right, let it rip, let it rip, let's go. All right, guys, before we jump in with Evan G. Watkins, the BT Scoop Insider, to talk about Demetrius Davis and what's next for this Virginia Tech 2021 class, Virginia Tech got some good news. Evan Fares, a transfer wide receiver, six foot three, two hundred and five pounds, just verbally committed to Virginia Tech. He has one season remaining, like Khalil Herbert, comes from Kansas, like Ryan Willis, comes from Kansas. Kansas to Virginia Tech. It's a movement. Everyone get excited. In all seriousness, big bodied wide receiver. He played pretty well as a sophomore, had 335 receiving yards and a touchdown. Most notably, had a 100-yard performance at Texas, showing off his potential there. The next season got injured, took a red shirt, and then in 2019, Les Miles accepted the head coaching job at Kansas and didn't fit the equation. So he transfers to Virginia Tech, one year remaining, will be a graduate senior, the same as Khalil Herbert, will provide immediate depth at the wide receiver position. Look, you have Trey Turner, and then who else? Damon Hazleton left for the portal, went to Missouri. You need another guy to step in, a veteran that can push along the younger guys. This may not be the big name instant impact transfer, but he's a guy that adds depth, and if you have room, why not take him? So a good overall pickup for Virginia Tech. They add more depth to the wide receiver room. His dad, Eric Fares, played in the NFL for seven years at middle linebacker, played his college ball at Memphis. So you're talking about a Texas native. His dad played at Memphis. And with all the Kansas transfers coming to Virginia Tech, there's a lot of connections there. So all in all, a good pickup for Virginia Tech here. Now let's jump in to the interview with Evan G. Guatkins. All right, guys, welcome back to Inside the Tunnel. A bit of a different podcast tonight. We're doing a, an emergency episode the day after Demetrius Davis decommitted from Virginia Tech. We have Evan G. Watkins on the line for the first time in a while, stealing him from Thunderdome on VT Scoop. First of all, Evan, how are you? And do you want to give a quick shout out to Terradome and tell the people what it is? Yeah, Terradome is a, a great VIP uh, experience for uh, for VT Scoop uh, subscribers come in and talk one on one with a lot of the uh, the insiders, myself, CZY Hokey, um, and, and just kind of talk about uh, talk about recruiting, talk about the team, talk about anything going on Virginia Tech in kind of an informal uh, setting. So it's great for anybody who who's interested in signing up for a VIP account. Uh, and wants to take advantage of that. We do it once a week for an hour. Uh, it's just kind of an informal kind of state of the state of the week, state of the union, how everything's going. So 
uh, definitely something to check out. If you're somebody listening that's not a subscriber, take advantage of one of our recent promos that's coming up or, uh, you know, one we're running right now, 60% off of VIP yearly subscription and uh, check it out next Thursday. Yeah, honestly, one of the best perks about VT Scoop, a reason why I joined initially as a college student way back when, uh, but just getting into this podcast now, obviously, Demetrius Davis, the top commit for Virginia Tech, decommits yesterday. Crystal Ball's flying in for Auburn. I jumped on the Sons of Saturday. Shout out to those guys uh, and kind of gave my side of things. But I want to hear from your perspective. Uh, To a lot of fans, this seemed like a sudden decommitment, a guy that loved Virginia Tech and all of a sudden backed off his commitment. Where did this stem from? How did we get to this point? You know, I don't think it was sudden. I mean, obviously, uh, I put something out a day or two ahead of the time that, you know, I I had been hearing the confidence was fading uh, quickly in Texas that Demetrius was going to sign with Virginia Tech. Um, Really, a few weeks ago, you could start to see some signs of what was going on. I mean, you could see he was playing the, uh, the social media game a little bit heavy with other schools. Um, you know, he's still recruiting to, for Virginia Tech. He, he recruited for Virginia Tech for a long time and was a very good recruiter for the Hokies. Um, but I think it kind of boiled down to uh, Virginia Tech wasn't getting a lot of people to commit around him. I think that was part of it. Um, you know, he was a guy that wanted to play with elite guys. He wanted elite talent around him. And it had been, uh, you know, it took a few months after he committed before Virginia Tech started getting any type of uh, traction really on the on the recruiting trail. Um, and, you know, I think that uh, he, when he when you look at him and, and and what he brings to the table at Virginia Tech, he he is the guy, you know, he was the guy that would bring in the recruits. He was the headliner. And, and you know, at Auburn, if that's where he goes, uh, he's not necessarily all the weights not on his shoulders. It's tough when you're a 17 year old kid and fans on on social media are calling you the savior of a program. I don't think that's fair to any high school kid to be the savior of any college football program. Um, you know, I just think that uh, there was there was a lot of pressure on him. I do think he genuinely likes Virginia Tech. I think that there's a lot of interest that's there. He obviously committed early for a reason. Um, but when you commit that early, out of state, no ties to the program – it's hard to say that that person is going to stay committed for, you know, a year, 15 months, you know, however long it takes to, uh, to get to signing day. Uh, and I think that just pressure all around him kind of started heating up. Um, you know, uh, Auburn has a, uh, is a program that where he can go put his skills on display at the highest, you know, the highest level of the SEC. Uh, and I expect him to, uh, to go to Auburn. I expect him, them to get a commitment from him fairly soon i know he put out that he would still visit virginia tech i'd be a little surprised if that happens for two reasons one i expect the ncaa to uh to extend the dead period i think this dead period is going to move until at least the end of june uh you also have a built-in dead period on top of that that goes until almost the end of july and then another one coming in august there's not a lot of time i think that that the uh the ncaa is going to basically lock down everything until the season uh, at the earliest. So if you're looking at him coming up from Texas, taking an official during the season, maybe trying to take five officials, I just don't see it. I don't think he has the time for it. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, he plays at a school that 
is going to go deep into the playoffs if that that's their aspiration, and I think that they'll be able to do it. Texas playoffs run for a very long time. They usually run throughout December. I don't think that he's going to have time to take all those visits. I expect him to commit to uh, to Auburn fairly soon, and I think that that's going to be kind of it for him. I think he's going to end up signing with the Tigers. I want to know what Virginia Tech does at quarterback, and I was asked the same question, and it's kind of difficult to put into words You know what exactly you have to do because it feels like the staff is sort of left scrambling in any other year. You're in May. You don't have a quarterback committed. It's you know It, it seems like you at least have a chance with somebody and I know they offered Lucas Coley, a guy that I watched his film. I really like him. But already they're kind of on the back foot with Arkansas and his recruitment. So what does the Virginia Tech staff have to do in order to bring in a quarterback in the cycle? You know, I think Virginia Tech's in an interesting place right now. And we've talked about this plenty of times before. Virginia Tech's quarterback room is actually pretty deep right now. Now, does any of that change? What I think is a little bit of a silver lining that people may not see is without a quarterback competition in the spring means that there's a, a lower likelihood that one of the the three quarterback, the three the three big named quarterbacks in that room, Hendon Hooker, Braxton Burmeister, and Quincy Patterson, the chances are a little bit slimmer that one of them leaves. Uh, you know, heading into the upcoming season, had Virginia Tech, you know, had a spring season and if a quarterback is named the starter, you have three guys that are grouped together really close in their classifications. They were all highly ranked coming out of high school, uh, and, and they're going to want to play. I would expect somebody to leave in that situation. With the shutdown happening, you don't have that that opportunity right now, and it's a little risky to try and enter the portal at this point in time. So, you know, I think Virginia Tech having those three right now, it's not the end of the world with Demetrius Davis decommitting. Now, for the future, you obviously have to have a quarterback. The two that I'm looking at right now for Virginia Tech, Lucas Coley, like you just mentioned, offered yesterday. Now, he does have crystal balls to Arkansas, and I'll break that down a little bit. Arkansas was the SEC offer that he wanted. That was the big school you know, interest that came in for him. But Arkansas is taking two quarterbacks, and he would be the second. I don't know that it's as advantageous for him to go to Arkansas as the second quarterback in the class when you have opportunities to be the only quarterback in the class at an ACC school. Add in on top of that, people might look at his ranking and think, oh, you know, he's an 86 in the composite. He's the number 19 dual threat quarterback in the country. That's a far fall from Demetrius Davis. But let me tell you this. Earlier this week, Dabo Sweeney went in or a call to see Lucas, Lucas Coley and get some information on him. The Clemson Tigers are interested in this kid. If Clemson offers, all bets are off the table. He's going to probably be a Tiger. That's how this game works for most kids in the country. When Clemson comes offering, they, they usually jump at it. But Clemson's interested in this kid. Virginia Tech's interested. He's picked up a couple other offers this week. It looked like he was set to go to Arkansas, going to commit probably this week, maybe even next week. Uh, but with with this information coming out, new offers, new interest, he started to pump the brakes a little bit. And I think Virginia Tech is definitely a school that's kind of interested, uh, you know, interesting for him because they didn't take a quarterback last year, don't have one this year. 
you can look at the pipe down the pipe and say, Hey, there's a couple guys that are going to be, you know, older, you know, we're getting ready to phase out. I could go and sit year, maybe two, and then I get my shot. Uh, you know, I, I think he's going to sit and wait a little bit to see what Clemson does. If Clemson were to offer him, you know, that's kind of a game changer offer for him. Um, but you know, I think right now Virginia tech is kind of intriguing to him. Is it enough to get him to do something fairly soon? Quarterbacks like to be committed. He doesn't probably want to go into a senior season uncommitted. I'd be surprised if he goes throughout the summer uh, before he makes a decision. Um, but, you know, you're looking at you can't visit. What do you do? You have to look at what's the best opportunity for you. And I simply think Virginia Tech's a good opportunity for him. I think, uh, you know, Arkansas, sure, he can go in there and he can compete and he can be the second quarterback in the class. But do you want to do that? Do you want to, to to go ahead and know, you know, one of these guys in my class is going to be my main competition? And then there's older uh, upperclassmen in there as well. So I think Virginia Tech is interesting for him right now. And I would expect Virginia Tech to be in this recruitment for a little while. Uh, you know, I think uh, he, he's definitely – being so, uh, you know, interactive on social media with Virginia Tech uh, recruits and with the fans and and hyping up the edits and things like that. I think that there's some genuine interest in the Hokies. Um, you know, Christian Charles, he's another one that's a little bit interesting, listed as an athlete, um, but you know, he's he could play quarterback, he can play wide receiver, he could play DB. Virginia Tech offered him as a quarterback first. We've seen them do this before. Dewan Ellis was maybe the last one that they did that with of come in and play quarterback. If it doesn't work out, you're versatile to play other positions. Dewan Ellis worked out a quarterback for a few days, moved to wide receiver. Christian Charles seems to have the, the makeup to be a quarterback. The, the question right now does seem to be the arm strength. Is it there? Uh, but, you know, he's a quick guy. He runs under an 11, 100 meter. Uh, he looks like he's running the four fives. Uh, before the 40-yard dash, he's quick. Uh, he's 6'1", 180. He could be a little bit bigger, but he's not small. I think he's another one that Virginia Tech has gotten in there and kind of piqued his interest a little bit. Georgia Tech did just offer. That's an in-state offer for him. So, you know, I think he's a little interested there as well. But he seems interested in checking out Virginia Tech. He didn't get to take very many visits before the dead period started. Uh, so he looks like he's going to wait it out because he wants to take some visits and check out some schools. And I would expect Virginia Tech to get an offer. So, you know, those are two guys right there. You also can look at, uh, you know, Virginia Tech has done well at junior college. You know, Gerard Evans, uh, A.J. Bush, they brought from JUCO. They've also gotten some guys out of the portal. I don't think losing Demetrius Davis is the you know, the end all be all of the class and the class is going to be ruined and they won't have a quarterback for the future. I expect Virginia Tech to have a quarterback for the future. I, I think it's, you know, naive to think that they won't be able to find someone. Um, you know, I think Davis is one of the top 100 players in the country. I think he's, he's a dynamite prospect uh, and Virginia Tech is going to miss out on that. Uh, but I do think they can find somebody that fits their system, that runs their system well. And, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, you know, I think. Uh, Lucas Coley, if I'm Virginia Tech and I'm the one that's getting to, to make the calls, I'd put all my cards in on him. I think he's a dynamic player. I think he's a good football player that can uh, that could win some games in the future for the Hokies if he chooses to take his talents to Blacksburg.
I like what you said there at the end uh, about the end all be all with Demetrius Davis. And, you know, I've been looking all over social media. I've been looking at our boards. I've been listening uh, to other takes out there. And there seems to be a misconception right now that Demetrius Davis, the Texas 2VT movement being the blueprint rather than just a movement. And if you lose Davis and then Neville decommits, all of a sudden that was it. There's no chance that the Virginia Tech class can be a top 30 class. And I think a lot of those takes are pretty asinine because, you know, those are just two guys out of this class that we expect to be, you know, 25 plus prospects. So can you give maybe a little hope and you don't have to sugarcoat anything, but uh, I just kind of want to gauge where Virginia Tech goes from here because there's so many talented prospects out there that still have a very high standing with Virginia Tech. Yeah, you know, I think a, a lot of people, a lot of Virginia Tech fans seem a little bit shell shocked out of last year's recruiting rankings. And, and I totally understand it. I think last year was completely unacceptable and, and just really awful from Virginia Tech standards. Um, but when you look at, you know, it, Demetrius Davis is, is gone, does the whole class fall apart? I don't think it does. Yes, you might lose Latrell Neville. Um, you know, you could lose Tyus Martin as well. Both of those guys were heavily recruited by Demetrius Davis. But when you look at Virginia Tech taking a, a class of 25 kids, you're automatically going to inflate your rankings simply because of the numbers. You know, if you look at uh, the classes last year, look at the 2020 rankings. Utah ranks number 29 in the country. They signed four four stars and 17 three stars. I think Virginia Tech can attain that. I, I think that, you know, to break into the top 30, it honestly doesn't seem like it's that difficult. And Virginia Tech has shown under Justin Fuente, they've signed three classes, you know, in that in that range underneath him, uh, you know, in the 20 to 30 range. I think Virginia Tech can get there. I mean, TCU, five, four stars, 13, three stars, 18 total commits at number 28 last year. Virginia Tech's looking at taking 25 or maybe even more if they can spread that more through junior college, maybe even some portal guys, things like that. So, you know, I don't think that Virginia Tech is going to have a class that really kind of blows up back to back years. Um, you know, and when you look across recruiting uh, right now, we're in a weird place because there are kids who are scrambling to find and lock in a spot right now. There are kids who are determined to wait this thing out and take visits. There are schools, you know, maybe like in Alabama that only have a handful of commits. I looked yesterday and there are several schools throughout the country that only have one commitment right now. Uh, you know, and those commitments came rather recently. I, I don't think that it's a an end-all be-all that Demetrius Davis decommitted. I, I, I don't want to discredit him. I think he's a great player, and I think people should understand. I'm really high on him, but I don't think it's going to be a class killer um, like I've seen some people believe that it will be. I think that Virginia Tech can continue to sign or, or recruit and get commitments from some big-time players throughout the East Coast, throughout the region, uh, the Virginia region, maybe even up north, go up to New Jersey area. Uh, you know, I think they're going to continue out recruiting in Texas. You still have DJ Harvey, who is very high on Virginia Tech out in California, a four-star corner. Uh, you know, there, there always seems to be some random four-star guys or high three-star guys that pop up out of nowhere later in the cycle that Virginia Tech can get on. And I want to say that this, this year – 
with everything going on right now, I think that's just going to be a frenzy when this thing does open up, when visits are allowed to be taken and these kids have just committed kind of willy-nilly commitment because they're bored sitting at home and they want to lock in a college education. Once they can take visits, I expect to see a, a ton of decommitments. I think there's typically, you know, recruiting pools that happen early. You have guys that know for sure, hey, I'm making a decision in the spring. I don't want this to mess with my summer vacation plans. I don't want to make take it into my season. I'm doing it in the spring. Then you have the guys in the summer of I want to go through spring evaluations, weigh all my options after that, make a decision before my senior season. And then you have the guys that want to wait it out and go to signing day or do something during their senior season. Now we, we're going to take the first two groups, mix them all up, and then possibly put majority of them back on the market in the fall where a school like Virginia Tech has done a really good job of picking up some players that other schools have gotten decommitments on or have done well picking up players later in the cycle and being able to hold on to them through signing day. It's tough to hold on to recruits for a year or for 15 months, uh, you know, when when they can see the glitz and glamour of other schools, uh, you know, or they're, they're getting pounded on every day. You know, I think that's something that is rarely talked about right now with the the NCAA dead period. A lot of people talk about, you know, that the, the players are aren't going to get aren't able to take visits, uh, you know, and it's they're going to be talking to some coaches here and there, but they don't look at it from the other angle of these coaches also aren't in the offices. They aren't work, you know, they're working, but they're not doing what they normally do with their team to prepare their team for an upcoming season. So what do they do? They recruit. We're talking about kids that are getting six, seven, eight hundred messages a day. I've heard that from multiple kids. They're getting hundreds of messages a day from colleges across the country that are just flooding them. Now, players will commit. They say, hey, I don't want the headache. I'm going to commit. Uh, and then everything opens back up. Is that player really committed? What is the school committed to them? Players are going to get dropped. Players are going to decommit. And a whole new wave of a recruiting period is going to open uh, in the fall from these, you know, kind of probably historic numbers of decommitments. We've seen more early commitments this year than we saw in the last two classes combined. And I think we're, on, we're, we're looking at a wave that's going to crash once this thing opens back up and kids are able to take visits. We're going to see flips and decommitments and drops from most schools in the country. And that's why it's the perfect time to upgrade to a VIP subscription to VT Scoop because this is going to be a wild cycle. There's going to be a ton of decommitments. There's going to be a ton of guys that are available late and maybe go past the first signing day. And then, you know, like you said, Virginia Tech, when they've gotten their big time class headliners, you look at Alec Bryant from last year, you look at Dax Hollyfield, you know, Devin Hunter, they were all down to the wire a few weeks before national signing day so there's still a lot of big time prospects that maybe we don't know about sitting here right now in may but you know in eight months they, they could be on the table there um i did want to make this kind of a quick hitter podcast uh something a little different than the normal just get all the thoughts out there all the takes out there and and kind of make it condensed so uh with that being said do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with the people yeah, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of people are probably down after the Demetrius Davis decommitment and 
You know, I, I'm sure that there will be a roller coaster recruiting this year simply because of the times that we're in. I think we're going to see some more decommitments, but I think we're going to see some commitments soon uh, as well. Virginia Tech typically does well in April because of the spring game. Well, the spring game didn't happen this year. They still got a few commitments, uh, but nothing, you know, nothing major, no major surges like we were expecting. Going to May, looks like Virginia Tech is set up to maybe get a few commitments in May. And then when this when the NCAA dead period is either ends at the end of May or is extended, I think June is going to be a month that brings a lot of news uh, for a lot of schools across the country, especially Virginia Tech. I think that's where kids are going to start making some decisions because they're ready to uh, ready to get this thing done and focus on their senior football season um, and, and go ahead and make some decisions. So, you know, I, I think, like you said, it is a perfect time to jump on and, and join us at VT Scoop. Uh, but it's also just for anybody who is a fan of college football recruiting, buckle up because this year is it's not your typical year. Things are going to be crazy. There's going to be a lot that happens. It's going to be a roller coaster. We will try to keep up as best as we can to let everybody know how Virginia Tech is doing. Um, so if that's your thing, definitely jump on board and, and check us out. But, you know, I, I wouldn't give up on the 2021 class just yet. Numbers are going to be high this year. Signing 25, some good players uh, are still on the board for the Hokies and look like they're trending that way. So, you know, don't don't give up hope yet. I think Virginia Tech has a chance to still pull together a very solid class. To everyone listening, stay safe, stay quarantined, tell the loved ones that you love them. To Evan, good luck with the rest of your leg day regiments every single day for the rest of this quarantine. Hey, I got to make sure that I can still fit into my pants. The skinny jeans. Baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.